Hi, and thanks for joining us today on the ProGrace podcast, where we're having new conversations about abortion. I'm Angie Wesley, and our hope with this podcast is that as we take the risk to have honest, non-political discussions about this important issue, that you will be inspired to do the same. And so today, this podcast is a bit different than our usual. Denise and I sit down with pastors Tim Allman and Jake Bosling from Christ Greenfield Lutheran Church in Gilbert, Arizona. Uh, they also have a podcast called Lead Time, which is all about leadership. So when we got together, we did a combined interview. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome, listeners. This is the first for us. We are recording live in the studio with another set of people that have their own podcast, so we're yeah. doubling up here. Nice. It's exciting. Double I'm duty. Jake Bessling here with Tim Allman. We are both husbands, fathers, sons, pastors, and leaders in God's church, and we believe that eternities are changed when the leader grows. So welcome to Lead Time. Yes, and I'm Angie Wesley. Welcome to the Pro Grace podcast, where we're having new conversations about abortion, which we're excited to be having with you guys. I'm here with Denise Stein, co-founder of Pro Grace. Hello, everybody. With me. And yeah, we're excited to have this conversation with you guys. This is fun, isn't it? Yeah. This is so cool. So Look at this. Fun. It's good. We just came out of a little mm-hmm. um, gathering, Work, lunch and learn. Yeah, it was great. Thank yeah. you, Did you so much. Did you call it little? No. It was a ginormous lunch and learn hour. The <laughs> best hour of my life. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank amazing. You. It actually was. I mean, you guys took us through John chapter 8 uh-huh. and had us close our eyes and then, you know, just think about and see what was going on there uh, in the in the mood there, talking about now pro-grace and how grace was extended from Jesus to the yeah. woman caught in adultery. Yeah. yeah. So that was powerful. Thank you. Awesome. Well, we're just so grateful you guys have been on this pro-grace journey. You guys are like the first church in Arizona. You may yes. even know that to go like all the way through. You're, um, what do you call it? Early adopters. Yeah, we are cutting early adopters. edge. Yes, Thank you guys you. are pushing Praise the, the edge of the envelope. Yeah. I know you have a lot more churches involved in progress. We do, and it's exciting. And and what I want to you guys to speak to as pastors is what's this journey been like you? So the reason we call our podcast Having New Conversations About Abortion is because, one, we don't have a lot of these conversations. And we're finding, especially with pastors, it's hard to bring this up in church. They're not sure. So what's that been like for you guys to try and have a new conversation amongst yourself and your partnership as you lead, as well as in the congregation? So being in a Lutheran context, I mean, grace is kind of the foundation of our of our narrative. Which uh, I love, by the way. Yeah. Love hanging out with Lutherans because of that. <laughs> Thank you. We, we love, frankly, hanging out with leaders in the wider body of Christ mm. because... Uh, we truly believe that life transformation happens when people encounter the goodness and grace of yes. Jesus, who came not just for the elite, the well, he came for the sick and, and the broken and whoever's on the margin. So I guess from a macro perspective, it wasn't like a, a brand new thing. I mean, we've had a number of different areas. We've done work with homeless and, and mm. mentally ill and whoever's on the margin, we want to we want to engage. But what Progress did, your movement, is say, okay, there are a lot of people Women and, and men, but a lot of our women could be upwards of 40-some percent uh, of the women in our, in our congregation who are living uh, under the shame and the weight and guilt of uh, an abortion choice. Yep. And they deserve, they need, they desperately need love and wholeness. And so through that journey over the last year, you've just given us a, a brand new lens to wade into, and we do this consistently, wade hmm. into tough tough topics. You do. But I think before ProGrace, it was like a lot of our illustrations and our sermons on any given day would not really be addressing when we talked about grace. 
um, those sitting in the pews that had gone through an abortion. Mm. Okay. And it was like, oh, okay, maybe we should do a Sanctity of Life Sunday. But a lot of times it was still about, it's really, even though we didn't speak politics, it was really, I think, in our hearts and minds of pro people. Life. They thought about pro-life, pro-choice. Where do you guys really stand on this? Mm-hmm. And even though we're talking about grace. So in time, as we'll talk here, you gave us the language to talk, not about either of those, but actually pro Grace. And so a lot of people are now adopting that language, mm, yeah, especially awesome. our empowered leader, Deacon Tom Lully. He's done a great job to lead a team of Christ Greenfield um, folks and, and the body of Christ over the last year to be trained by you. So thank you. And then to come to us to say, how can we better implement this? Mm. And a lot of that is just um, inundating our system with that language, progress, progress, nice. progress. I love Tom in this luncheon. Yeah. He just said, I used to speak the other way, and now I had to be hit in the heart yeah. mm-hmm. with the grace of God to me for all people. He knew that, but in the lenses of um, someone that had had an abortion, mm-hmm. like putting himself in those shoes. Yeah. And a lot of times we just think about the baby, but you guys have helped us think about the mom, baby, and the dad yeah. holistically all need grace. Right. Yeah. I mean, this topic has become so politicized, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's not where we live as kingdom followers of Jesus. We know no party outside the party of Jesus. So then let's talk about, you gave a really tangible example with Sanctity of Life Sunday. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what was that journey like? And do you even know where that term originally came from? And like, we all just kind of do it, right? But where did that term come from? I believe it was a president. Okay. Yeah. So it was on a... I'm not saying he wasn't a good person, oh, yeah. but I think it was with a political, well, sure. there was some right. political uh, impetus behind it, uh-huh. but we've all kind of just taken that, right, and said, oh, let's do this. But what was your journey in saying, what are we communicating when we say this? How are we going to talk about it? What was that like with that particular Sunday? Well, I would say now going forward yeah. through this process of being trained about that word and the language we use. Um, even our team that was meeting was kind of sanctity of life team or, you mean um, like the ministry team, the, the ministry team, team. Okay. that's kind of where we started our mm-hmm. life team. And so it's like, what's a, what's a good word for this? So in January, we are looking to do a pro grace Sunday. Oh, oh awesome. And Ooh. then in the court, you didn't know that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Look at that. So wow. Revealed live on <laughs> the Oh my podcast. gosh, we got to come back in yeah. January. I just hate coming <laughs> to Arizona in January. Exactly. Come on yeah. back. I mean, come I'm staying back. until January because I'm from Chicago and I don't yes. want to go back there right now. Stay with us. Yeah. So you are doing Pro-Grace Sunday. Yeah, and Pro-Grace Sunday. And what's and it going to be about? We will look at the text. You know, we're still formulating all of that, mm-hmm. but preaching about the grace of God. But in the courtyard, then all of our different partnerships yeah. are there, which are localized young lives. If yeah. you've never been a part of that. Shannon One of our Kramer, right? past uh, lead yes. times has been with Shannon. You could check that out. Yeah, yeah. And Great. they're on our campus already. Yeah. And then Choices Pregnancy, a local organization yeah. that walks alongside people too. We already had those partnerships. Um, but we didn't have the language yeah. to wrap it with pro-grace above it. Mm. And so even some of the things we did with them seemed to be more political mm-hmm. um, or in the people's minds. Like, let's go march with them or we support them because they're pro-life, mm-hmm. um, not because we're Jesus followers and it's all about grace. Because mm-hmm. they also walk alongside of people after right. the fact that right. they had an abortion. They were already doing that. Um but in my heart, really, is just that you've helped us remember to walk alongside people before, during, after, and the future. Hmm. That's right. I wonder who will be pregnant out there and be like, wow, they've been talking about this enough yeah. 
that I really do think I will receive grace at that place Mm -hmm. and they will reach out to us. Better yet, they'll reach out to their journey group leader, their connect Bible study leader, and they'll receive the grace of God from them. Angie and I, we've found in in many discussions with pastors that they've been afraid in recent years to even bring up this topic in front of their congregation because it is so divisive. It has been so political and churches are trying to stay out of politics. But you guys, you didn't shy away from it. What helped you to be able to bring this new language into your church without fear of alienation or causing even division in the church or that kind of thing? Because I think other pastors Mm -hmm. would love to hear that. Mm -hmm. Well, it's in the Bible. (laughs) I don't know how else to answer it. If Jesus talks about it, if he cares about it, let's just go to John chapter 8, right? Mm -hmm. Angie, you were just leading us through the devotion in who, when a word of condemnation from the Pharisees is brought to this woman caught in adultery again, where's the man, right? But Mm -hmm. um, who does Jesus first address? He first goes to the very evident log that's in the eyes of of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. So... We don't want to add to that problem mm. of being being a Pharisee. We want to, we respect um, where we've come as a church. We respect our political parties, but this this place knows no party again outside mm-hmm. the party of Jesus. So yeah, nice. all that that's it's simple statements like that. If it's in the Bible, uh, we're gonna we're gonna preach on it, mm. and we don't really. We don't really care. We're not being callous, but we don't really care what the political climate is. This is just the way Jesus uh, addresses problems mm-hmm. with us and around we've us. We had a great response, actually. Wow. Did you? Okay. That people were like, oh, finally, okay. you're talking about these things mm. that I didn't know how to address as a Christian from a biblical lens, nice. but you're giving me language in order to uh, understand that better. So other, other topics as well. Divorce, yeah. pornography, sure. sexual yeah. addiction. So this is now one of the you know top five things that we and and our retreat series for planning are praying about. How yeah. often can we use this from a um, a Sunday perspective, um, addressing that issue, but also pepper it in there throughout your teachings um, as your Mm. illustrations and stories provide. And and train our journey group leaders. We really see them as shepherds. They're pastoring the people around them. Many of them are mission-minded. They got folks that are not coming to our church now, neighbors that don't know Jesus or are pre-Christians, right? And so how do we train them to engage this conversation as well? We're on the front end of of doing just that. Wow. So what what you send us to a training, maybe eight people Mm -hmm. that we trusted, but you could also, if you would, send multiple groups of ours that are the Bible study journey groups in their house through the same training. If they get more passionate about it or, you know, we could say in the next two years, it'd be great if you took these eight weeks, you know, you're doing purpose driven life, you're doing uh, spiritual disciplines. Well, let's, let's have you talk about progress. You got that? You write that down. That's how Angie and I work. She dreams and then hands me the stuff to actually do. Do it. It's really about culture then just changing <laughs> right. the culture yeah, and that's it fantastic is. we have another church that's actually from arizona that's going to do the same thing she's like we're getting this now to every small group to offer them yeah uh going through the yes yeah. yeah, so nice. we need to we figure do. that out angie <laughs> but you guys um talk more about there's no political party here and even the things you just said you were discussing in church mm-hmm because those are the wraparound issues. It's been interesting. I'll just say this. A Please. lot of churches want to talk about abortion, but yeah. they're not talking about 
all issues mm, right. of sexuality. And you just threw out a couple of bombs there when you mentioned pornography, <laughs> sexual addiction, like immigration. And let's talk about immigration. Yes, let's talk about all these things that we can see how Jesus cares for all of us, mm-hmm. you know, and not separating those people. So how do you guys do that? I mean, that's stunning, really, that well, you're I don't doing know it. that it's, it's stunning. I, it so, is. Uh, I think I find well, it stunning. Well, a little narrative of Pastor Tim being here six years, me 15 in different roles. But when he came as lead pastor, we also... Um, recognize kind of the internalness of our um, body of Christ here turned inward, doing a lot of things on this campus. And we started to look at the gospels, preach about what Jesus was doing, who he's hanging out with. Yeah. And then a new start formed about 10 miles west of here, um, um, a table community where it was the marginalized, the broken, the homeless. And so it called La Mesa, the table in Spanish. And so 130 people, five years into this now, every Tuesday night gather around the word and being filled Mm -hmm. up with a meal. And so as tangibly there are people who are seeing and hearing the word of God and doing something about it, these other topics that we just mentioned became easier to talk about. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. so for us, at least in our story, I think homelessness and brokenness and the socioeconomic strata became like, wow, we are more fluent in this church, in this neighborhood, but we must steward that well. Yeah. yeah. And we must go to love people of all um economics. Right. So what the political conversation does is it breeds division. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And a winner and a loser. And Jesus came to unite and call us all winners under, under the cross. So the question is, if there's some sort of political struggle that we're walking through, could be with someone who's had an abortion, could be with someone who struggles with same sex attraction, um, could be with someone that has a certain view toward immigration. Do you actually know someone who has the counter view? And, and do you know their story? Mm-hmm. Have they become a friend? Mm-hmm. Have you personalized a conversation at all with one who is across the proverbial aisle from you? And yep, what you'll find most of the time is, nope. is you don't have it. No. So the church should be the place where you have it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to do a language it. thing here if I can. Yeah. We, I had an aha moment with our friend who is not a believer. She's pro-choice. Okay. She comes on, on our podcast and she talked about how these words we use are alienating. So even the marginalized, the broken, hmm. that can feel like alienating it. if that's I'm good. saying I'm not, or, you know, yeah, that's yeah. a person who's an other. And I know that's not what you guys mean, mm-hmm. but yeah. now that she's told me that that's in my head and I want you guys to speak to that. So you know, I know you believe in a level playing field, but oh, speak yeah, yeah, yeah. to that in so using those words. The way we often talk about La Mesa, this is a place for all people, and it just so happens that some people there are um, sleeping on the streets, but everybody's broken, and everybody needs to eat. Yeah. Everybody needs the love of Jesus. All What's people need dignity. Is that your so that's our ministry? meal and worship on okay, Tuesday yeah, nights. Okay. Nice. okay. Yeah. But even the, what he just said here, it's a meal and worship on Tuesday nights. Yeah. Um, some of the vernacular that people portray when they experience this, oh, that's your lament, that's your homeless ministry. Uh, or like, even if you take a, you know, some of oh, Hispanic ministry, yeah. it's not like the Hispanic thing. We're going to do white people ministry. Right. Right. I mean, honestly, yeah. Right. Yeah. why don't so we do that? Yeah. It's not we, homeless yeah. church yeah. even. It's just church. church right? It happens to be that some of the people sleep on the streets that night yeah. and some right. people sleep in Gilbert. Yeah. But you we're know, us still. We're us. We're all people. We're so human. Confronting it with, you know, Paul's uh, words on all in Christ. You know, yes. there's neither slave nor Galatians, free. Right. Um, we start every service with the, those well, kind of scriptures. And I love, I love what you said. So that's helpful. Thank yes. you. Yeah. yeah. Jay, because I think those kinds of things are going to be broken. Or Tim, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah. She's yeah. notorious. Tim, Jay, whatever. Yep, you're good. <laughs> um, is 
the only way to break that, I mean, we were talking yesterday with somebody else, and stereotypes, that's a, that's a tool of the enemy. Yes. Because if we can get up alongside one person who has a different life situation, different story, which is everybody, you mm-hmm. know, um, and walk with them, then it's hard to stereotype. Yeah. Because right. you know somebody. And it's like, wait, that's not what you thought. Right. You know, and so I, I think... I'm answering my own question about how you guys were able to do this. That's how you were able to do it because you're willing to go out and get to know people. It's one thing to have a testimony from on the platform for everyone, which is great. But then you sit across from someone and hear their story and you both have a name tag on. It's like, wow, we both have names. We both had days today. How was your day? Mm -hmm. And what is your story? Mm -hmm. We both equally have stories to share. That shows dignity. Yeah. Because we all have brokenness with God, self, others, and the rest of creation. Right. Um, And so what is this poverty? Um, What is this brokenness? We all have it. We all have it. And I think that's what's so important is we can get into this. Some some of us try to hide. I mean, I think anytime we don't understand, anytime I don't understand grace, let me make it personal. Then I start to hide and I act like I don't have parts of myself that I wish were stronger or are broken. And I think that's where people outside of the church get offended because it sounds like church people are saying, we have it all together. But you're broken. You all are broken. And so to bring this conversation and talk about ourselves first and our need for grace, and even that word broken, I think, is a trigger, but it just Hmm. means we're not perfect, right? We've been hurt. We hurt others. I do that. And I think that is what's offensive I'm finding to people about Christians is they're not hearing that from us, that huh. we're imperfect. They yeah. think we're saying so, they're imperfect. So let me test something. If if I say I'm not whole, broken, whatever, and I'm on a journey toward being put back together again, mm-hmm. and as a major part of that journey, uh, I see Jesus is the one who came to put me back and the rest of creation yeah. back back together. And here's... Here's how he did it from my perspective. Do you, do you think a non or a pre-Christian would receive yeah. that? How, how would they, how would they receive that? Well, it's interesting. It depends on who they are. But I'm finding people who've been brought up in the church who have kind of turned away from the church. At le- they heard, you sin, you're a sinner, you're going to hell. Mm. So it's cloaked in this identity hmm. of shame. Yes. And so I think if you if we take back my identity is the beloved of God. That's right. Because of who Jesus is, not because of what I did. And mm-hmm. I feel totally secure. I'm so secure in God's love for me as the beloved that I can now share with you areas where I'm on a journey and I'm not perfect. I think that's fine. But we have to understand we're coming. people are coming with um, a history of what they've heard. And so we have to be really sensitive and ask them, what do you hear when I say this? That's good. So I think yeah. when people hear broken, mm-hmm. they hear shame. And maybe I'm going to shame them and shame others, as opposed to we find it as freeing because Jesus has forgiven everything. But that's not exactly, does that make sense? It's not being communicated. And I really do think the best way that can be received from somebody is sharing a meal around the table. This person that said that to us, we've been in a long relationship (laughs) with her, so she could say it. She could say it. There was a lot of trust. We've shared meals, and so... And I was so glad. She Mm. was afraid to hurt our feelings to say it, but it was like, no, I want (laughs) to hear that. That is so helpful. So helpful. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. exactly. It's so good. So let's let's pivot. Let us hear more about your story now. Um, Tell us how you kind of came to have this passion for the pro-grace conversation. 
Well, Denise and I were leading a pregnancy organization in Chicago, and we really came from outside of any of the political parts of it, from different backgrounds. And I think both of us had a really strong heart for women and seeing women be empowered to be all that we're meant to be, not to the exclusion of men. We both love men and have husbands. <laughs> but recognizing there has been systemic dis discrimination against women, that's not about Jesus, and so partnering with him to see, you know, yes. how can women be strengthened? So we both were like, oh, an organization helping women who are pregnant, great. And got in and realized, oh, it's actually mostly about the baby here. I mean, I think that was the first thing hmm. that stood out to us. And that disconnect and God working on our own hearts and thinking, have I been part of this narrative that it's only about the baby? And how does this feel to me as a woman and as a mom myself? And so we started wrestling first theologically. And that's where, the, that's where you're seeing the pro-grace theological beliefs come out, right? God's design for pregnancy was to intertwine a woman and a child. He started revealing stuff like that. And it was like these... Holy Spirit moments of, oh, that's that's true. That's why I'm feeling this tension, because that's true. Um, and so then as we transformed the um, organization we were working for and changed the practices and started to be about the woman and the child, we realized it was hard to communicate that with other believers. Huh. We were running into this mental model that we don't know where we got, but that it's about the child. And part of it's the political nature of separating the woman from the child and um, and it started bugging both of us that in the Christian community, we started hearing things. We started building relationships with pro-choice people, and they started informing us of what they hear from the church. And so it really was this really eight, eight years long journey of saying, how have we as Christians been responding in this issue? How much of it is about our heart and our mindset? And how much of it is just like kind of language problem? So we we launched ProGrace three years ago, realizing that our passion is to see Christians have a new response. That's why we work with Christian leaders now. But it came out of us being Christian leaders, working directly with women, yeah. if that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. And I think, again, as Angie said, our, we weren't a part of this space, even though we've been Christians for a long time. We really weren't that familiar with how you know, the issue of abortion and unplanned pregnancy was being played out in the Christian mm -hmm. world until we got to this organization. And I think right away just said, you know, what we were seeing, how, how we were seeing women were being interacted with and addressed. When we said, Jesus, if you were here today sitting across from a woman facing an unplanned pregnancy, is this how you would engage with mm -hmm. her? And we went to the Gospels and we just saw a disconnect and thought, this isn't your whole heart. There's some things missing. So the funny part of it is we never woke up one day and said, let's start a 501c3 <laughs> no, and, and launch. How fun would that be? It's just really kind of been mm -hmm. the journey that God led us on mm -hmm. is we just asked him to reveal to us, again, his whole heart for women and children. Mm -hmm. And and so we, we, we joke a lot that pro-grace really isn't anything all that new. It's just the gospel overlaid into this space mm -hmm. to say, okay, let, we want to do it like Jesus would. Mm. And so. we felt like, you know, in, in, in taking this journey with, with God, he wants both the woman and the child to thrive, right? Yes. During and after the pregnancy. And that's where this desire came. Where's the best place that's going to happen long-term? Yes, church. The, the church. local church, yeah. yes. And so then all the disconnect was saying to women, would you go to our church for support? Yeah. And they were like, and what'd you find? Resounding no. No. Yeah. 
almost, I almost cursed. That's what we heard. But they did say, no, oh, why sad. would I do that? Mm. Religion just makes me feel worse about myself. I'll be so. shamed. I'll be judged. And there's nothing there for me. Yeah. Were, wow. were words we heard many times over. Because what percentage of people that were you know, pregnant and thinking about abortion would actually come to a pastor or come to a church? They Small don't. And even, even the study that we cited the study you're referring to is four out of ten women. Who have abortions are churchgoers. Yep. So okay. those are just the church-going mm-hmm. women are almost half of all the abortions. Church-going being one time a month or more. Yes, one time a month or more. And only 7% of them talk to anybody at their church about their decision. So if the church-going women aren't coming to the church for help, mm. how are the non-church women coming right. to the church for help? They're, They're not. not. And that was where this passion, and I believe it was just the Lord, came. I have great faith in the local church. Mm-hmm. I just We both found ourselves just believing that the local Local church could be this place. Yeah. I was healed in a local church, you know. Yeah. So that's why we have um, launched to equip pastors yeah. and Christian leaders. We so believe in God setting up the local church to be that place. If we can just change our mindset, I mean, we really think this is how God's going to shift the abortion issue. Love if we it. didn't think that, we'd be working in other areas. Yeah, yeah. we we love wow. adaptive leaders, and mm. you two. Yep. I mean, to what's adapt mean? a paradigm oh. that was going on and say, oh. we're going to shift because. Um, Churches, organizations that have been around longer and longer that don't adapt yeah. and can twist and turn. And yeah. how did you adapt, though? It was through the scriptural lenses. Yeah. The training that you have is chock full of, here's a scripture. Yeah. How do you see it? Yeah. And a lot of times it's through like Psalm 139, yeah. fearfully and wonderfully made. We're just seeing that in the context of a baby. But you saw that and said, whoa, that's also for the mother. Yeah. It's also for the father. Yeah. yeah. It's for the whole whole for thing. So you're yeah. adapting that back to the scriptures. You're both humble leaders and... And uh, entrepreneurial. Yeah, so, are. in that hey. leadership wow. of Pro Grace, what were I mean? You start. You started a mm-hmm. nonprofit. So, um, I'm sure there were days where you're like, I don't know if this is worth it. Usually every I'm Monday. Sorry, did you just it's say still word going? Word or word? No, it's just still going. Monday still or going. maybe Wednesday. Sometimes Friday. We call them our existential crisis. You have to keep going. The church needs this. Oh, no, we, and we yeah. love it. So continue and here, here's to the do thing. That. I think it really came out of, you know, I, I wouldn't have called myself an entrepreneur, would you? No. I actually feel all. a lot better about myself. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah, feeling encouraged, adaptive, an entrepreneur. It was Who what, else is doing this? Well, you are. It, it was what we had been through with Jesus, I would say. Yeah. Like, He's so good, right? He just gives us the next step, and we would take these faith steps in the organization we were working with, and then he would show Mm -hmm. up so big. Thank you, God. Yes, thank you, God, for doing that. Like, so then he would just increase our faith a little bit. We could believe, and I. He's entrepreneurial, so that's why we're doing this. But embrace it. We went into churches, so we just tried this um, in Chicago in the churches in Chicago, and Mm. we laughed. We sat around my dining table and wrote it one summer, and we were like, "If nobody likes us, this is all we have." I was like, "I'm going to go work at Star." Because I like the idea of just making coffee, handing it to people, and going home. Like that felt good. Check out eight to five. Yeah. yeah. Right, so then we pi- we we pilot. We love to say pilot. We piloted it with seven uh, Chicago churches who liked us. So we're like, we know you like us. You'll you know. And they loved the training. And I think we we were like, God's in this. That's what's given us the courage to keep going. We're not like, oh, we're entrepreneur. We're this, we're that. It's like God's in this. He's revealed this. And like you say, we look around. He doesn't seem to be, you know, there's nobody else trying to transform the church in this. So we're like, well, if you're in it, then let's go. And, you know, one one thing I'm really learning about leadership as, as we do this is that if you stay kind of in that humble posture, Mm. which he is continually 
revealing new things yeah. to us. Like yes. now, just giving us new pictures of even with this issue, we're learning how shame throughout generations has been woven into this and again a weapon of the evil one and just more truth and more truth as we can handle yeah. it and and so for us I think the only way again we've been able to do it is just kind of say God this is your thing this is not our thing we can't do it so this is your thing and every day I'm giving it to you yeah. and Amen. then you yes. tell me what I need every to day, know every day. because yeah. it's, it's so it's really been a day by day journey but yes. I just I feel like I'm hearing from God more because mm. I'm putting mm-hmm. myself out there. Yeah. Even though, like I say, every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm like, you know, I'm just going to go work at Starbucks. <laughs> Don't do that. When you're attuned. Give us a call. We'll tell you. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, guys. We will. When you're attuned to the creator, you become creative. Yeah. I love that's that. Good. That's, that's so good. true. Well, he, he's, he's so creative. He's the only one who can create something out of nothing. Yeah. Ex nihilo. Let's get a little theological mm. here. Yes. And now we have... That was Latin for out of nothing. Ex nihilo. Ex nihilo. Ex nihilo, yeah. It my, went so fast, yeah. I didn't even think yeah. I could there ask you what it was. So okay. God creates ex-nihilo. out of nothing. That's beautiful. And, and now all we, say it again. Ex nihilo. So all we have now are, are really, to have a creative idea, are two existing things. And so here's what you've done. There's a movement toward pro-choice protecting the rights of the woman and there's pro-life protecting the rights of the unborn and you're just saying both rights matter and there's a new thing that comes out of it so leader if you're if you're in a spot where you're like man i got this holy angst to do something new Mm -hmm. just find the two things that are currently being done and then invite the creator to give you a fresh perspective to use those two things to create something new wow that's what you've done yeah and it's beautiful thank thank you you. and isn't that what jesus did you know the story we looked at today in several stories the leaders come to trap him mm-hmm. and they use these two polarized false right. binary which one do you, you which know? one are you yeah. to trap him yep. and he has a god yep. answer mm-hmm. a third way so you're absolutely right mm-hmm. he models that all and the time really the only way to be in tune with that third way is to be in the scriptures have yeah. spiritual rhythms yeah. to yeah, be right. in tune with god true, so true. as as leaders um out there the day-to-day the ups and downs the joy and sorrow how do you guys uh, how are you in tune with uh, god's spirit yeah. through your spiritual rhythms a great question. You know, I will say when I first became a leader, because leading the organization in Chicago was the first time I was leading anything, my firstborn over responsibility came out and I really burned myself out um, on that. So I think I I backed up maybe five or six years into that and I was like, I've heard all the stuff about leadership I can take. I can't take anything more about leadership. I have to work on my spiritual life. So I do now listen to leader the leadership things. I'm going to listen to your podcast. Uh, but <laughs> right, I find you. that the, the spiritual rhythms are the most important because yes. that's what brought me back from burnout. That's where I find the joy in this. That's good. And if not that divorcing that from leadership. It's like no, it was like, oh, leadership most, is this, but no. then I'm burned out in spiritual leadership. It's like that is the core thing. It's leadership the most of self, spiritual thing. servant leadership. And right. Jesus, he was the leader of all leaders, would always be taking Go care of his self with pray. the Father, and he didn't know all things, and so he asked the Father. Yes. And then it was an outpouring in his daily life when people were grabbing his shirt and trying to get healed. Yes. He was very present with people. Yeah, yeah. So that's he could have burned out, but because, we don't see him not. because yeah. he was sustained on by God the Father. By God the Father. And so I think that that's what we're together learning and we hold each other accountable. Excellent. That that's Accountability the most that. important thing is our relationship. So with get God. like super practical. Yeah, what, exactly. what do your rhythms look like on a day I in day out basis? I get up in the morning and I sit and I look out my windows at the okay. mountains of Colorado. Oh. <laughs> which is where wow. I live. The, 
The creation. Yeah, but we, my husband and I, we moved there three years ago because we knew we needed that. It's life-giving. It is Mm life-giving. And I will often pray for Pro Grace or my family on a hike. And I'll do that at 9 in the morning. Now, Denise gets mad if she's trying to schedule a phone call. (laughs) But I find that really important because it sets me Mm -hmm. for the day. And then scripture, um, I love, I'll give a couple of my favorite books. You want practical? Yes, we'd love to. One of my favorite books is Believing God by Beth Moore about how much are we really going to believe even ask him for. Mm. And one of the practices she recommends is praying scripture. Yes. Mm. So I find when things are hard, I will ask God for a specific scripture for that situation. And I write them on little cards and I pray them. That's been huge. Dallas Willard is another one of my favorites. I mentioned hearing God today, but I'm also um, almost through Life Without Lack. Have you guys read that mm-hmm. yet? Mm-hmm. Written after his death about the sufficiency of the shepherd. And and so just staying in those rhythms and doing that and being part of a church, obviously, but giving myself the freedom to do that in the middle of a workday and not saying... Does that make sense? Like oh, my yeah. work is to be connected yes. with God. We right. can't have these ideas yeah. if we're not connected. Right. I would say that too, that for us, I think, and for me, I guess I should speak, this has been such a faith journey. I have to hold on so much more tightly to the mm-hmm. hands of Jesus mm-hmm. than I think... I ever have in the past. And so the rhythm of my day, I turn worship music on a lot. Um, Or we stop and we pause. We have regular times to pray. I think we have a fear. (laughs) And I don't know, maybe fear is the wrong word. But we're so conscious that if we are going to, by God's call, lead a movement called Pro-Grace, we have to emulate it. It has to be not just what we share, but who we are, yeah. how we interact with each other, mm-hmm. how we interact with our families. I mean, and for me to do that, I have to daily submit uh, mm-hmm. to Christ. And yeah. again, because I think, and again, I, I've seen it at my own church and, and others around, especially in this day and age, that the evil wants to implode us from within. That's mm-hmm. how he gets where we get so into self-effort and leading and working and leading and working, and then we separate Mm-hmm. Uh, ourselves from our work and and things become ugly inside and mm-hmm. so yep. uh, so we we've made a commitment that our pace is going to be mm-hmm. God's pace not what we see I the like culture is yeah. yeah the culture is saying sure. like do more go faster go bigger go because we won't be able to sustain that and it's not his rhythm we right. want to stay in his rhythm, if that makes And I sense. still have, Denise's kids are grown, but I still have a 12-year-old at home. And I'm like, I'm also called to be a mom to right. him, a wife to my husband. I'm called to have friends. Yeah. And so the pace has to be something that works with that. And yeah. so right. I'll tell him a lot. If you're calling me to this, you got to give me wisdom how to yeah. balance everything. And, yeah. he, and he does. So you guys complement each other really, really well. Oh, I think Last, so. Like a yin and a yang. You really are in a totally Christian way. Yeah, yeah, yes, totally. Right, right, right. Christian yin and God Christian yin. the creator of ideas, Tim, right? I can bring in That's other. true, Angie. Um, so I'd love Balance. to hear you explain how you complement one another oh. in a day-in, day-out basis. I mean, Jake and I talk about this a lot. Two are way better than one, yes. and Jesus sent the 70 out two by two. Yes. And I may be a little bit more intense kind of vision to execution. Jake is very culturally attuned. He's slower. He's better with people. He's not as impatient, all these types <laughs> of things. And and so, but my kind of push and urgency and kind of, ah, you know, that, that kind of stuff, yeah. that's yeah. kind of slow where down. we kind of, yeah, yeah. slow down. <laughs> 
breathe. <laughs> anyway, so how do you... All right, all right, go. Come on back, go. Come on back, go. How do you guys kind of live into that kind of balance as a team? Oh, that's a great question, that's a great question. Tim. Who yeah. wants to go first? So I'm a dreamer. You, you go and then I'll tell the truth. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dreamer and I see things, mm. like I saw this probably 10 or 12 years ago, you know, I just wow. can see it. Um, but don't know how to get there. Right. So I can inspire others. Mm-hmm. I, I love to, what I really love to do is hear new insights from mm. God or wrestle things. And then I just can't stop sharing them with people. Mm. And even if it's not a biblical thing, even if it's just like. Yin and yang. Yeah. Okay. I found this new skincare product. Like I got, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm a preacher. You know, I just got to like. If it's Your making, skin looks great, by the way. Thank you. You know, and I'll tell everybody, oh, you got to have this. I mean, I have to tell people, you know, tone me down if I give you too much advice. So but anybody has a problem, I'm like, your life could be better. And so, yes, I am. You exude passion and energy. I am. And that's just how I am Her about everything. Her hands are just almost <laughs> in my limit area. <laughs> and, um, but I can't, or I can try to implement, but it absolutely kills me. So then yeah. Denise. Here you are. Yeah, right. And I would get everything done and go nowhere because <laughs> I like to get things done and implement and I like things to run well and I like them to be planned out and, and I like to move things forward, but I don't I'm not the woo. I don't have the big vision. I like we we tease each other. Angie's the CEO, I'm the COO, which really means nothing. Because there's just, just the two, two of us. us. <laughs> but <laughs> but it is one hundred percent true that if she left I would never want her seat. I am not. Mm-hmm. I'm always better second chair. That's hmm. that's just my fit. And she gets up as you saw her today in front of people and does her thing. And and I'm good coaching and, and kind of on a. But I just would never want to do that. That's just uh, not. So so yeah. And also, I think I don't know. I think it was God ordained. And we really have a lot of fun together. Yeah. We can tease each other and you know and but also we can hey say hey you yeah. you just really hurt me with that or yeah. you like. We'll, yeah, we'll speak yeah. truth too, a lot of and we work through stuff. Yeah, but we enjoy each other. Yeah. At least Angie enjo- enjoys me. I, I enjoy <laughs> her. Yeah, she. Yeah, right. I drive her crazy. Yeah, <laughs> but even that word second chair, if I can just speak yeah. to that, I, mean, I, I know that. No, word, but whatever. I think yeah. that's a human um, construction. Oh, right. So okay. I, I really like Simon Sinek. Is that my center? Simon Sinek. Yes, and next start with why. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. I'm a why person, and uh-huh. I think he puts it in great perspective. A how person can run an organization without a why person. Uh-huh. Now, it may not go to the fullest extent, like what Denise yeah. is describing, but um, a why person can't run an organization without a how person. So I think that we as why people have to really respect the how people. That's why I don't like it being called second chair. And we even wrestled with our position titles of CEO and COO. That's why I call us co-founders. We're co-leaders. Yeah. I don't really like this artificial construction. Who's of, really in charge? Yeah. Do you know so what I mean? I've appreciated Tim sets. here. Yeah. We're both pastors in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, and yeah. at this church. But right when he came in, he talked about Jesus' authority that he gives out to the 12. And, mm. you know, Peter had a place, but yeah. James did too, and Thaddeus and all of the different people. Yes. And they were disciples. And they're equally important. And so yeah. I, I appreciate your yeah. language of just we're pastors here. I you love know? that. Because I'll walk into a room as not the lead pastor and always say, hey, this is the lead pastor, but he'll then say, no, we're just pastors Mm. here. And I've really appreciated that, Tim. Um, That's good, you guys. But it's it's helped balance. (laughs) Um, My, as as someone that 
wasn't called as the lead pastor to feel um, like I could grow my leadership yeah. toward that. So yeah. I really, yeah. really, yeah, really I, appreciate I, I totally that. And, that. And knowing the different roles, you know, yeah. he has a specific role and I have a specific yeah. role that God has called us to. Right. This is how we complement each other yes. and we need each other and yeah. the body of Christ. Uh, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, you know, no one part of the body, the More ear, important. the right. legs, yeah. whatever it might, the toenails might be different. Right, exactly. They're different, but the they're, all, they're, pretty, all, yeah. they're all needed if they're painted. <laughs> if they're painted. <laughs> you know, I can, I, I can I, recommend uh, a good one. Oh, I bet brother. you can. <laughs> oh, brother. But why? Um, I totally resonate with what you're saying. And I think it doesn't bother me at all to to say what my position is versus, because I trust her so much. Like, right. she'll never... You Use ser- that. That's she right. never uses it, and we make decisions together. Yeah. Yet I know, at the end of the day, if there was something that we, I would let her take the lead. She's the, you know what I mean. Like, and I don't have a problem with that. Like I think because I know she wouldn't want to unless she absolutely had to. Like we just have mm-hmm. a good. Has your best interest at heart in the organization yeah. and yeah. your role so, in the future? Yeah. That's beautiful. So it's not about power. No, not it's at all. about roles. I have and more power guilt. actually when you really want to talk <laughs> okay. about yeah. She does over the finances and everything. It's about working in our gifts yeah. and yeah. how exactly. God exactly. and being happy to do that and trying to maximize that. A wow. great book recently mm-hmm. that I just finished, A Brave New Work. By Aaron Aaron Dignan. If you oh. haven't got it, a brave new work, Aaron Dignan, and what he does is gives the history of organizational flowcharts oh. and how it came out of the Industrial Revolution, yeah. and it mm. really does not work at all today. Oh, interesting. And organizations that are as flat as possible are the leanest and meanest and most innovative. And so it seemed, like you guys, it seems to be after the heart of Jesus, who Mm. came not to take the high place, but to take the low place, to be Mm -hmm. the the chief servant officer. If you're leading an organization, you are the chief servant. That's great. Right. Wow, we're, change your we're adaptable leaders. See? Change my Creative. Right. Chief okay. servant officer. Chief servant officer. I do. I love that. You guys have been great. Oh, this my gosh. Fun. This is yeah, fun. It's been this so is really great fun. talking to you guys. Angie Thank and Denise. You. Denise yes. and Angie. Tim, lead time and also ProGrace podcast. Yep. To Check all them out. of our listeners, yep. we're so excited. Now, as we close, though, lead time, I mean, for our listeners, how would they get involved with ProGrace if yep. they're sitting out there like, I'd love to be a part of the ProGrace initiative mm-hmm. and movement i would say go to progress.org progress.org great on there there's if you're a church or a pregnancy organization there's different pages for each that have a journey you can walk through just to start thinking through these issues Sweet. and if this is something you'd want to bring to your yeah. to your church we will be subscribing to progress yeah. podcast yeah, please nice. follow and like a lead time podcast yeah, absolutely. we're gonna listen yeah to that on the podcast listening device of your choice this has been amazing yeah, awesome. Awesome. grace yeah. wins the day yeah, jesus so is so good and we'll come back in yes, let's say we a year or two jesus yeah, we'll see what us. happens yeah love to we jesus is always here <laughs> we'll have y'all back that sounds good that's great so go in peace serve the lord this is a beautiful day peace go and make it a fantastic day peace out thanks bye Hi, it's Angie again. You know what I really appreciated about Tim and Jake was their willingness to listen, to hear the perceptions people have about church folks. So I hope that the discussion we had inspires you to step out and have some of these new conversations about abortion. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.